is Short-Term Rental Management. The show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. 30-year fixed mortgages, tax benefits, and long-distance management training made easy are just a few of the perks of owning a short-term rental. The Short-Term Shop can help you buy and learn how to manage your property from anywhere in the world. Just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected. Again, that's theshorttermshop.com, and we are brokered by eXp. See y'all over there. Here we are. We did it. We've made it. I am so happy to be here. Short-term rental management. Life is good. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about things that all hosts slash landlords need to know how to be able to do around a house. Okay, before we get into that, I am not opposed to ask for a review. We are in the review business here in short term. And uh, I would love for you to hit my podcast with a quick five star. It would mean the world to me. Uh, And it will be good karma for you when your next guest checks out. Boom. See what I did there? You got no choice. Hit me with a five star on wherever you're listening. I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to give it away. I'm one of those Apple people. But uh, So today we will talk about things you need to be able to do around a house. Honeydew items, if you will. Because I do, the, the reason this all came about, the reason this was even popped into the old noggin is because there is so much chatter all the time, yakety, yakety, yak, about numbers, 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 numbers. Uh, data source, data source, data source, enemy method, enemy method, enemy, which of course I do stand behind the enemy method. If you're not familiar, enemymethod.com, you will see a video from my lovely bride explaining what that is. Um, and I did create it by the way, and I will take credit for that. So yes. And you can enemy method anything you can, you can go to Walmart and enemy method, your toothpaste, which one is more expensive and which one has better reviews. Boom. All right. So today. We are going to thank you for the good review, by the way. And so uh, off uh, off uh, on tangents, as usual, Cashflow Carl here, the uh, long hair extraordinaire, the shaman of short term, uh, yours truly on short term rental management, wherever podcasts are heard. So anyway, so much chatter about numbers, 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 my spreadsheet and this and that. And I got a 72 spreadsheets and they all have different formulas and this and that's great that's great you want to do that that's cool you drive yourself nuts with the with the spreadsheets but if you don't own any properties or you own the one that you live in that kind of thing i mean how many freaking numbers do you need at the end of the day it's a damn single family home let's not drive ourselves completely crazy with this thing to the point where you never buy anything um it's a fine line right you do need to learn your trade learn how to do the numbers and uh, and know what you're doing, but at the same time, you don't want, of course, the the uh, ever dreaded analysis paralysis. Ooh, okay. So, um, dare I say that if you are sitting around uh, right now playing with these numbers, and I own, and let's say I'm an individual, I only own one house, and I'm thinking about buying my first rental or my fifth rental or whatever it is. And I, uh, I'm stuck on these numbers and I'm numbering it up all day, every day. Dare I say 
it would be a good move for you to start in the home you are sitting in right now, preferably if you own it yourself, and start tinkering. Learn your trade. You are in a house. You're sitting in a house right now, completely losing your mind over a house that you don't own yet. If that's you, start tinkering on the house you already own. Maybe you own one, one long-term rental. Maybe you own a, a, you know, a duplex. Get over there. Obviously, you give the, the, the tenant 48 hours notice, depending on your state, you know, but get over there and start working on stuff, okay? All right, so I'm going to give you a list of some things that I think every host slash landlord should know how to do. And this, uh, the whole thing came about, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine about ceiling fans. So we'll start there with ceiling fans. Um, it came up that uh, they bought a ceiling fan with a remote control and they can only turn on with the remote control. And yes, that is sort of true. Uh, you can leave the remote on whatever you want it to be and then use the switch to turn it on and off and it will stay on whatever that setting was on the remote. Uh, you will not be able to change settings from a remote control unless you have a remote control that has the settings on it, which does exist. Um, in other words, long story short, with a with a ceiling fan, um, and first of all, we're dealing with electricity here, so be careful. And yes, you should probably hire an electrician to do it if you don't know what the hell you're doing. You're going to fall off the ladder and electrocute yourself. Don't do that. But if you know how to flip the breaker and get your hands dirty, uh, get up there and learn, man. You know, ceiling fans are, are pain in the ass. This is a, uh, the one I've chosen to start with today is probably, you know, along the more difficult uh, of things to, you know, we're not going to be putting a new roof on this house ourselves. But ceiling fans, here's the weird thing about ceiling fans. You can get it done sometimes in eight minutes and sometimes it will take you eight hours and you just never know which one it's going to be until you get in there and get your hands dirty. Which, dare I say, is exactly what I am suggesting. Get your hands dirty. How are you going to know how to handle dealing with 100 houses if you can't even handle the one you already own? Okay? Pretty, pretty simple stuff here, but sometimes people need to be hit over the head with this stuff including myself every now and then, you know, I got to be humble and say, Oh, this is a new thing I need to learn here, which I'll get into some of that, but ceiling fans. Oh, one more note on the ceiling fans. If it's got pull cords, a fan and a light on a pull cord, you can put it on two switches for the light and the switch. Simple as that. If it's got a remote, most of the time you're switching this fan to one switch. Okay, so therefore, the second switch would either need to be covered up with a plate or whatever, or uh, you can, in some certain cases, with certain wattages or whatever the electrician lingo is. I don't want to get myself in trouble here. Not a licensed electri electrician. You can rewire those remote fans occasionally, some of them, not many of them, to work with two switches. But in most cases, if you want two switches on the wall, you need a pull, a pull fan. Now, here's the problem with the fans. The cool fans are remotes. They, uh, that's the new modern way of doing things, and they just look cooler in most cases. So you go to the ceiling, you go to the lows or the ceiling. Am I, I'm having a bad hair day today, by the way, off topic there, but uh, it's getting better. Um, so uh, you go to the Home Depot or the lows, and you go to the ceiling fan section, and the wifey says, oh, that ceiling fan is so cool. 
Doesn't have pull cords. Only going to work on one switch, man. So for me, in the short term, I like the pull cord, the the the, the pulls, because uh, then I can have a, a light and a fan switch on the wall. I don't have to deal with the remote. Remotes equal broken and batteries and lost and this and that and ba ba ba. Uh, and that is not a good thing when it comes to drunk people on vacation, losing things, which we love our drunk people on vacation. We love you. I appreciate you. I am so grateful for you and the fact that you chose my house to drink your beer in. And I hope you have a good time. But I would rather you did that without an additional remote because there's already six other remotes that you're probably going to lose. Okay, so you're probably going to need a ladder too, by the way, for a ceiling fan. Uh, I'm not a big, uh, not big, not big ladder guy. I do not like ladders, but um, it is a bit uh, inevitable. All right, now let's talk appliances. Okay, if you have never gone to a Lowe's and filled the back of your pickup truck with an entire set of appliances and then taken them back to the home and installed them yourself by yourself, uh, moving this refrigerator with a two-wheel dolly, you have not lived. Uh, you know, I mean, I did all this stuff. And honestly, uh, looking back on my career, it's why I'm so good at this. Because I put in my 10,000 hours. You know, if you got into this and thought it was, was going to be easy, I'm sorry. Ain't going to be easy. No. Uh, I, I don't know where you got that impression from. And I can promise you it was not from me. It was not from the long hair. Um, now that being said, I thoroughly enjoyed those days and I will still do it. I'm not above going to get a, a refrigerator if I, if I need to, here's why you would do that. Here's why you would do the appliances yourself because Lowe's delivery is horrible and Home Depot's usually even worse. These, they do third-party delivery and what they'll do is they will, uh, uh, the delivery service will not be able to find your house the first time because they get paid twice if they have to come back, right? So it just never works out. They don't like it when there's nobody there either. And in most cases, in short term, we are not there. This is a virtual business. One of the beautiful things of short term. Um, and that being, you know, that being said, you know, the Lowe's driver shows up with your appliances. You're not there. They leave, go to the next one, and then they come back tomorrow. They get paid twice. Again, I don't know for sure, but I've had them come back twice so many times that I have to believe it's because they wanted the double paycheck, you know. So, uh, you know, I've been in a situation where it's like, well, I'm going to have to go get these appliances right now, or I am going to be stuck with these old appliances, or I have a broken appliance. Uh, one of the th three or four appliances in the home is broken. So yes, I have done that and I, uh, I killed my back and uh, it was not fun. And, and then you gotta worry about the floors. Moving a refrigerator by yourself is not fun. I don't recommend doing that. Now, if you can get a friend involved on a refrigerator, go for it. If you absolutely have to, then you do it yourself. Because at the end of the day, the, the property's gotta be ready for the next guest and it's about hospitality and that new fridge is going to get you where you need to go and the old busted rusty fridge is not gonna get there, right? So you just gotta make it happen, all right? So now, refrigerators, we're talking about refrigerators. They're easy, they're huge, heavy, pain in the rear end to move around, especially if you're going around corners or upstairs and around corners, that's not fun. 
but all you do is plug it in and you're done. Unless there is an ice machine, which I personally, I would recommend ditch the ice machine. Get a, get a, first of all, don't get it in the door ice machine on a short term. That's again, just one man's opinion. Not a good idea. It's going to break. It's going to, the piece of plastic's going to fall off and it's going to look crappy. So just get an all stainless front. And then if you have to have an ice machine on the inside, okay, that's fine. Uh, is, if you're on a well, probably not a good idea. Bring your own ice. And I know, you know, it's all about hospitality, but do you really want to be cranking out ice out of a, a well that has a mind of its own? And now if you got a crushing well, a kick-ass well that's the same color all the time, doesn't have any odors, no uh, sediment, no mud, okay, go for it. Now, every well I own uh, has a mind of its own. Okay, so one day it's 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 it stinks. One day it's red, you know, and and, and I get these expensive filters, and uh, it's a, it's a call for another day. But you know, you get the you get the idea here. I prefer to go ice free on my short terms, uh, unless it's on city water. And if that's the case, the ice machine goes in the fridge. That's just me having gone through the front of the fridge breaking, having gone through red ice cubes and getting complaints. You know. They're going to complain less about having to bring their own ice than they are about iron ice cubes, red ice cubes that smell like metal, you know, from, from your well. So um, fridges, pretty easy gig. Okay. This episode of the Short-Term Management Show is brought to you by Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. This is the book in the STR space written by my lovely wife, Avery Carl. It has hundreds of reviews on Amazon, and it will teach you literally everything you need to know about STR. Short-term rental, long-term wealth, the book, wherever books are sold. Uh, microwave is the easiest gig. It's easy to carry. It comes in a box. You throw it on the countertop and you go. Now, if you got an over-the-range over the uh, micro, that's when it gets more complicated, okay? Putting in an over-the-range micro is not easy. You got to get everything lined up just right. You got to get your the bracket in the right place with the screws in the right place. And then uh, you got to hope to God you got it right. And you put it up there and it's heavy. And because those over the range ones are big. But again, if you have not installed an over the range microwave by yourself, you have not lived. You haven't, you're not doing your job. You're not, you know, and again, listen, tangent time. Okay. There's a bunch of guys out there that'll tell you I'm crazy. They probably got a million people on their TikTok, and they're going to say, I'm a real estate investor. All I do is drive around in my freaking Porsche, Porsche, and Luke's up there hanging uh, microwaves. Which guy's doing it wrong? You know, and they probably have a point. The guy's cruising around in his fancy little two-seater, and I'm cutting my arm and bleeding all over the place, uh, trying to hang this, this, uh, Micro, there's a fine line there, guys. You know, I'm not saying to become your own handyman. I'm not saying that. You can't grow and scale if you're sitting around nickel and diamond and uh, and say, well, I could do it myself. I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. No, I'm not saying do it yourself. All right, on tangent number one here on short-term rental management. What I am saying is that until you've done it yourself, how in the hell are you going to know how to tell somebody else how to do it? They're not going to do it right, and you're not even going to know they didn't do it right. And they are used to people not knowing they did it right and not even finding out about it because they are doing it from a distance. 
the owner's in Arizona, the house is in Florida, this handyman hasn't seen a homeowner in two years. Let me tell you something. When employees don't see the boss for a long period of time, where I come from, they get a little comfortable and they get a little squirrely on some things, okay? So um, you need to know how to do this stuff. And so that way maybe you can ask him to send a picture, um, at least have a conversation, at least be able to have a conversation. I need a new micro. It's an over-the-range. Um, it's a whatever, 2.5, what, you know, uh, and uh, um, I need a stainless and I need it to open from the left, you know, that kind of thing. Just have a conversation. You just need to be able to have a conversation having done this before, okay? Um, I, I am a runner. I'm a huge runner. I am not going to sit around and, and uh, have a conversation with somebody about running uh, if I have never done uh, I, I get, my point is, if I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit around talking about a full marathon with a guy if I've only done a half. Okay, it's not the same thing. You got to get out there and get your hands dirty. Okay, uh, micros. We've already covered that. What else is in the kitchen? Um, you've got uh, uh, range. Range is uh, it's a little tricky there because you got 220. Okay, you got a 220 uh, 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 outlet, same as a dryer, and it will whoop your ass if you don't do it right do not play around with the electricity on a range make sure the breakers are off uh, but uh, you know it is something you should know how to do you should it's just a, a couple of wires in the back you unscrew them you screw on the it, it, if you even need a new cord you could sometimes use the old cord i'm going to replace the cord on a range it's gross it's an eight-year-old cord it's probably got all kinds of bacon grease all over it and just get rid of it 20 bucks for a new one or whatever it is don't quote me on that uh, but uh, you get my point there. But on the range, you can really knock yourself on your ass with that 220. That is very dangerous, so be careful with that in the breaker. All right? Uh, what else? Washer and dryer, same thing there with the, with the dryer, 220 on the dryer. And then the outlet on the dryer. You got to make sure that the dryer is hooked up right. You got to clean these dryer vents, folks. Dryer vent is a huge fire hazard. I'm going to have a fire guy on the show here per, pretty soon in the near future. I'm sure we'll cover that, so I don't want to get too in detail. But check your flow. Go out and put your hand in front of the dryer vent. If it's not blowing hard, then you got a whole bunch of crap in there. Clean it. Yeah, you can clean it, but depending on what kind of dryer vent you have, you're better off just replacing it. You really are. Um, it's not a huge job to replace it. If you've got a crawl space, it can be a pain in the rear end to get underneath there and all that, but... Washing machine, uh, you know, fairly simple. It's just an outlet, a 110 outlet, and then you got the hot and the cold. Washer machine, your main thing there is just making sure it doesn't leak. Use uh, plumber's tape. And uh, run, it, run it for a cycle or two and see if you got a leak. And if you didn't get a leak, then you hooked it up right for the most part. Okay. Dishwasher. Dishwasher is the big one for me. Um, because, uh, it is, uh, the m most likely to ruin your house of the appliances, uh, uh, in my experience, washing machine is a, is a second there on, uh, because again, water, water will ruin a house. As again, I'm working on my hair today. It's not the best hair day. Um, as it's weird, it's cold outside and in, in the, in the springtime in Florida, that's weird. But anyway. Got to look cool to rock and roll, don't you? But um, So dishwashers, if it is not hooked up right, it will leak. It'll ruin your floors. It'll ruin the subfloor. It'll ruin the ceiling of the, the downstairs or whatever. 
So dishwasher, fairly simple process, although it's another, it's the same like a ceiling fan, only more difficult than a ceiling fan in a lot of cases because it's heavy um, and well, cumbersome, I suppose is a better word. But uh, you, uh, you know, you, you get it hooked up right, you run it a few cycles, and hopefully it's not leaking. You got a hose and it connects directly to your sink or your disposal. And then um, uh, you got the electrical, which is just a couple of wires underneath. Not a huge deal. A couple of wire nuts. If you've never swapped out, a, if you're running numbers on a house right now, driving yourself crazy on a spreadsheet, you need to go out and get a new dishwasher and put it in the house you live in. And if you're renting, call your landlord. Say, hey, I want to put a new dishwasher in here. Is that okay? I mean, a good landlord is going to tell you no. But maybe yours will let you experiment on your house, you know. Um, so we've covered the appliances. Let's move on to some, uh, some, you know, maybe some smaller items here. I don't really want to go too crazy today. Again, I'm not asking you to replace a roof. But you're going to need to know how to do your deadbolt. Your dead is this big one in short term. Big one in short term because if you don't do the deadbolt, you know, you're not going to know how to tell the guy, the next guy how to do it. So learn how to do. And if I use the Schlegang code, most people do in this business. There's tons of great options. Not here to talk about deadbolts today. But um, first time I did an encode, took me an hour, two hours. <laughs> you know, it's, it was a six-beer job. And then the second time you do one, it's a four beer job job. And then the, the third time you do one, it's a three beer job. And then uh, the fourth time you do an encode, you're, you know, you're still telling your wife it's a three beer job, even though it's a one, right? Um, I don't drink, but uh, you get my point. I used to, uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, swap out a deadbolt, both digital and conventional. All right, doorknob, same thing. Um, if you got a, if you got a loose doorknob that you know the screws are stripped, go get a new damn doorknob. You're probably going to be able to match it. You could probably match it on Amazon. You know what I mean? If you're sitting there with a loose doorknob, what kind of house are you running? You know, I mean, I like my house to be good and top notch and rocking and rolling and ready to go for the next guest. Uh, your air filters. This is we've already talked about this on prior podcasts, but if you don't know how to swap an air filter on your HVAC, you are in the wrong business. If you don't have any interest in learning how to do that, you're in the wrong business. So figure out what size it is, swap it out, write the date on it, take a picture. Simple as that. We did talk about that on a prior podcast, which I believe is titled STR HVAC, which would make sense. Try to make it as easy as possible around here. It's short-term rental management. Um, electrical outlets. All right. I have this going on right now in my bathroom. I have my man bathroom, my running bathroom, where I can leave my dirty running shorts. And, uh, and uh, you know, nobody's going to say anything because nobody goes in there. I wouldn't do that. That's disgusting. But you get the idea. Uh, and one of my, uh, I have a, a USB outlet in there. It's a, it's a two, two, it's a two one ten and a two USB. And one of the two USBs is kaput, which is annoying because it's not very old. So um, I ordered a four USB, which everything's going to USB C right now. But I am, I guess I'm maybe I'm just old or whatever. I have not, I don't have a lot of USB C. So I thought to myself, I can switch these to, I can switch this outlet to USB C. But then I got to get all new cables. 
So I said, let's make it easy. I'm trying to make my life a little easier as I get a little older with the gray hair. And so I said, why bother with the USB-C when you don't have any USB-Cs? If it's, uh, it's too much work. It's choosing the difficult path. Let's go the easy way and use the outlet that I have the cords for. So I ordered one on Amazon. It'll be here tomorrow, and I will swap out this outlet that is uh, not functioning the way it should with the new outlet, and I will be able to charge my items. You know, it's, this is going back to upstream. It would be very easy for me and for most people to just sit there and only use the one outlet and swap things when another thing gets charged. Oh, my headphones are charged. Swap it to the phone. Oh, my, my phone's charged. Swap it to the other headphones. I got multiple phones and multiple headphones and that kind of thing. Uh, and my watch, I got a, I'm a runner again. I got my Garmin. I got to charge my Garmin, you know, so then I'm swapping through these things. I could have them all charging at one time. My life would be so much easier, but I have to get upstream of the issue to do that. And most people are too freaking lazy. Get me fired up over here. Okay. So get upstream, get the outlet. I don't have time to go to Lowe's. First of all, Lowe's is far from me. You know, Home Depot, it's far. It's a good 30, 40 minutes or more. Uh, and then, uh, and so, you know, I push a button on Amazon. It'll be here in two days and then I can install it and then I can get my stuff charging again. Okay. Now again, don't play around with electricity. It's dangerous. All right. I'm not sitting here t trying to tell you to play around and learn how to be an electrician. Uh, but what I am saying is that you should know how it works so that you can call the electrician when you need something done. Okay. And Rule number one is flip the breaker off. Okay, turn the breaker off. Yes, you can do a ceiling fan with the switch off. Not a good idea. You can do an outlet with the switch off. Terrible idea. Uh, well, if the outlet would have to be, the switch would have to be wired to the outlet, which they don't really do that much anymore. It's common back when I was a wee kid, you know. Uh, not common anymore, but, you know, for like a floor lamp. But, uh, Turn off the breaker, test it, plug your phone back in, see if it charges. If it doesn't, then the breaker's probably off. Then you can take it apart, swap out the outlet. It's a pretty easy job. Sometimes it can get a little difficult. Take a picture. There's a good recommendation. Take a picture of the old one with the wires before you take the wires off because then you're going to be kicking yourself. Which wire goes where? Holy crap. And then you're Googling it, and it's different on the Internet than it is in front of your face, and it's a mess. So we've swapped out our outlet. Um, now I'm going to get into even more controversial territory with a chainsaw. I love my chainsaws. I have a chainsaw tattoo. There it is. It's a steel. My dog's name is Chainsaw. I like chainsaws. I think they're cool. They're dangerous as hell. I'm very similar with motorcycles. I think they're cool. They are dangerous as hell. Did I just compare a chainsaw to a motorcycle? Yes, I did. They are very similar in my brain. <laughs> um, chainsaws are not for everybody, but I do recommend that every man has a chainsaw in his repertoire. Years ago when I started getting rid of crap, weed whacker. I, what am I doing with a weed whacker? Let the long guy do I've done my time, okay? And that's what this call is about. That's what this podcast is about, doing your time. I've done my time with the weed with the weed trimmer. I don't need to do it anymore. I let the pro do it, man, so I can make money. So I can provide for my family. Yes, I do occasionally miss mowing the lawn. I do. But I know that if I went out there and mowed that lawn, 
I'd say, well, that was enough for me. I'll do it again in three years. <laughs> so I let the professional do the, the, the trimming, and I, I got rid of my weed trimmer, my, my string trimmer. I got rid of my hedge trimmer, all these. And I had nice stuff. I always get nice. I like to get the nicer stuff, you know, mid-level, not the bottom of the barrel, not the top of the line. You know, like if there's five of them, I'll get the number three. <laughs> I like to steal, steal stuff. It works great. starts when you want it to. It's a little bit plastic, but they all are. Anyway, um, I do think after that big speech that I just gave you that every man, every woman, interchangeable in my eyes, we are all equal. Uh, you should have a chainsaw, okay? Now, I've survived. I've, I've, I've survived Hurricane Sandy in New York City. Was it Sally? I've, I've been through both Sandy and Sally. I think it was Sandy. Uh, whichever one was on the eastern seaboard, that's the one I'm talking about. And that chainsaw would have come in real handy for all those trees down, trying to get to where you're trying to go. You got a bad catastrophic event, of a, nat a natural disaster of sorts. A chainsaw is going to be extremely valuable, in my opinion. I'm not here to talk about end of the world, you know, food bucket talk here or anything like that. But I am, uh, you know, I, I do think that every human being head of a household, whatever it may be, should have at least one chainsaw in the repertoire, and it needs to be, you know, tuned up and ready to rock. Learn how to use it, but be careful with that damn thing because they are uh, dangerous. Oil your hinges. If you got a, Here's an easy one. If you got a squeaky, this is an easy one. It's a layup. If you're new and you're trying to like, oh, my God, Luke's telling me I need to, if I want to be good at houses, I need to go buy a chainsaw. That's, that sounds scary. What you can do is if you got some, you close the, the, the door to your closet and it squeaks and wakes up your kids. Oil it up. Simple one. Simple one, right? Shoot it with some WD-40 if you need to. The old WD. Got That's another thing. If you got a chainsaw, dude, every house, every garage needs some WD-40, some three-in-one oil, right? Three-in-one oil and some gauze pads and some ball bearings, as Fletch would say. But uh, and that, that leads me, I'm going to, I'm going to, let's slide into Wi-Fi. We'll wrap this thing up. I don't want to take too much of your time today, uh, but uh, Wi-Fi, you know, Wi-Fi to me, it's, you know, it's one of the things that I've learned uh, the least about. I don't really care that much about it. I got to have my Wi-Fi, but I'm not Mr. Tech, you know, Mr. Tech, tech guy. Um, you just plug it in and it works. This is the way it should work. But, you know, you got to make sure your TVs are working and your Wi-Fis are working in short terms. It's a huge deal. If the guest shows up and doesn't and can't get online, it's not going to be fun for you. Okay? So make sure you know how a router works. I, you know, <clears throat> I say I'm not techie, but I do have Euros in all my house. Euros. Euro, gyros. Those make you hungry. But uh, Eros, the Eros. Uh, e E R O is a uh, it's a mesh system. Although you can you can also get just a single a single Eero uh, router, uh, and then you can connect multiple Eros to it, and then you've got mesh. I have those in every one of my houses. They're all on my phone. So I say I'm not techie, but now I'm starting to sound like maybe I am. Learn how to do that. Put an Eero in your house. Put it on your on your phone and make sure that it's functioning, and that way you can you get better Wi-Fi throughout the property. This is, comes in in specifically uh, handy in, uh, in specifically in <laughs> larger homes, anything over three, say 3000 square feet. And I said, I was going to wrap it up, but I, I lied. I am going to admit that I do not, I am not, this is what I'm, I'm going to look into myself because every man you got, again, woman, woman, we are interchangeable. 
uh, in this context, um, in most contexts, that women uh, are the winner in my eyes, 100%. As I'll tell you right now, my wife can do almost everything better than I can, which is said like a true good husband. Um, adjust the doors in your home. You got a door that's not shutting right, it's dragging, it's catching at the top, whatever. That's something I'm not good at. I am going to YouTube that today. I'm going to make a promise to you that I am going to practice what I preach and I'm going to learn how to adjust. I got a door in my house that I can think of right now that needs to be done. And if you don't do it, then you're living in a house that needs a door adjusted that you didn't adjust. <laughs> so I'm going to look into that one today. Um, and again, I just want to reiterate the fact that I'm not saying that you need to be going out and doing all this crap in your house. It's a complete waste of time in most cases. Okay. But if you don't know how to do it yourself, how are you going to tell the other guy how to do it? How are you even going to be able to have a conversation with this guy? Because if you just call and say, Hey, Mr. Man, I need a ceiling fan hung and you turn it over to him. He's going to do it wrong. You got to be a leader. And in, in order to be a leader in the house business, you need to know how a house works. I thank my dad for that. My grandfather, my dad was a hammer swinger. My grandfather was a contractor. I didn't learn anything from him, but there was culture there. You know, I mean, he never taught me how to swing a hammer. My dad did. My dad said, you buy this hammer. This is the good hammer. Uh, someday we'll do, a, we'll do a show on, uh, on what every person needs in their back of their car. Are you opening back my car? You know right away I'm a landlord. Oh, this guy's a landlord. Look at that. He's got two hammers, six boxes of screws, deck screws. He's got a picture hanging kit. <laughs> we'll do a walkthrough of that at some point. But uh, learn your trade, learn your craft, and that is how you will succeed. I'm not telling you to go out there and work too hard, and but in order to work smart and make good decisions and hire people and outsource, you've got to know how to do the gig, in my opinion. All right. I love you. Thank you for the hang. Let's do it again next Tuesday. Long hair, Luke, for short-term rental management, asking you to please don't overthink it.